0: That sometimes your life or those of a loved one are complicated and out of control? You're not alone. Welcome to In the Ring with Mia, featuring five time world and international boxing champion Mia St. John. Mia and her guests will share stories and invite open discussions about topics that need to be discussed. You'll be empowered to find help or be help. Now, here's your host, Mia St. John.
1: Good morning,
0: everyone.
1: You're in the ring with Mia and I am your host, Mia St. John. So you guys, I'm really excited about today's show. I know this is crazy because we're going to be talking about something that not many people like to talk about. and that is death. And but I for one am fascinated um, with the subject, what happens when we die. Because I'll tell you, after my son died, um, I was, of course, beyond devastated. And I went on this journey that I had to find out where my son was. I I mean, I was determined to find him because I just couldn't imagine life without him. Um, And that journey took me to all these different philosophies and religions and theories. I mean... I read books, I went everywhere um, searching for answers. And my conclusion is that my son is still here. He might be in a different dimension or already living another life, but I do connect with him. And I feel like our souls will always be connected forever. And I will be with him again. Um, now, given that, I also believe that our physical lives are just a figment of our imagination. We were never born and we never die. And everything that exists is simply a creation of our own mind. Therefore, we have the ability to create our own world, right? So stay with me here. Even when things don't go our way, Um even that is a creation for whatever reason Um, maybe we had lessons to learn an experience that we wanted to feel like say a sad movie Um, like I was always obsessed with the movie Rocky and um, I was just like I wanted to experience every single thing Rocky experienced right And crazy enough, I did, like in my real life, everything played out like a fucking Rocky movie. I mean, it was crazy. And I don't know if it's just like, I began to think that, wow, like, am I creating this? Or was this something that I had already planned? Um, that's kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg. But I started noticing that like all my favorite movies, like were playing out one by one. It was the craziest thing. Um, so I feel like I began to, to realize that I was creating all this and I could basically create whatever I wanted. Um, like I said, maybe it was a lesson that I wanted to learn or experience that I wanted to feel. But anyway, um, so With that, I am so excited to introduce my guest, Mr. D.S. Moss. Now, he's someone that I coincidentally met uh, along my journey. I actually went to this retreat in Virginia called the Monroe Institute. And they basically teach us, like in a nutshell, we are not our bodies. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. You've all heard that before. And what we do is we basically spend all day, all night just meditating in this one little pod. But it's, and it sounds, it it sounds crazy to a lot of people, but actually it was like one of the best times of my life. And I've continued to go back over and over again. Um, But during this particular retreat, we got to experience death and beyond, or we were supposed to anyway. And anyway, uh, D.S. Moss is the host of one of my favorite podcasts, um, which, of course, is about death, the adventures of Memento Mori. And you guys must listen to it because, trust me, like, you're going to love it. Um, So welcome to the show. D.S. Moss, are you there? Or do you go by Devin? I don't know what to call you, Devin or D.S.?
2: It's, it's, yeah,
3: so, I mean, that's such a good question. It's hard for... DS isn't like a good initial name anyway, like, you know, like TJ people are, it's natural. So DS, I I think it's hard. Um, So please call me Devin.
1: Okay. Okay. Devin, you know, this is such a crazy time. I'm so happy to have you on um, because this really is. Thank you. I, I love your podcast, but this is such a crazy time with the coronavirus. Do you get the feeling that death is not only it's only something that people fear, but they don't even like to talk about it. Do, are you getting that feeling?
3: Oh, oh, yes, oh, yes. And I think in, in multiple ways, right? There is, you know, we can think of death as the death of others, and um, I think we are, as individuals and as a society, we are. We can make that connection, even though. I mean obviously grief is the hardest but but the death of the other I think is is more tangible where it gets to be taboo and fuzzy and subconscious is the death of ourselves um right whether it be is is your you know your prelude into this, whether it be um to what degree of real but it, it is it is real, whether it's death of a the dream state of ourself or death of our physical selves that does cease to exist in the physical form. And so that is really hard for people to, to, to come to grips with. And then the, the third, well, maybe there's, up there's four. So the third then is, uh, collective, right? So now with this, with this novel coronavirus where, you know, it is indiscriminate in, in how it, you know, can infect people is that we're going through this together um, and we're not, we're not, we've never experienced this before. And it's, it's really hard to, for, for people to to wrap their heads around.
1: Do you think it's because people just fear not existing anymore?
3: Yeah. 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 I think there's, you know, there's several studies that show it's, it's not, the act of dying. Um, right. No, 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 no. I I, I say, take that back. So there there are just different studies that that show different things. So I don't want to, um, there are people that are actually very afraid of the act itself. Um, and then there are more sort of the existential types that just, just like me, that I don't like, you know, I want to, I want to stick around as long as I possibly can. Right. Um, right. Because of right. the unknown of, of
1: what's after. Right. And I, yeah, you just hit the nail on the head. The unknown people are so fucking afraid of what they don't know. Right. Because you don't know what happens after we die. But you know what I love? Yep. Um, I I started reading um, this awesome philosopher. Um, he passed away long ago. He like around in the seventies. Um, Alan Watts, who said, have oh, you yeah. heard of him? Yeah. So he says that um, he had the same like kind of fascination with death, but um, he said the most awesome thing that death is the most significant part of your life. And he said, it's, at that time that you're dying, that you see everything and, and all the whys are answered, right? And he said, and how great that when you come back, you get to come back as anything you want. It's your one chance to reinvent yourself and to do whatever you want. So I've decided that when I come back, I'm going to be a fucking rock star,
3: <laughs> but you already are a rock star.
1: I well, you know, I mean. in in the ring, in the ring, which is something that, you know, like I said earlier, that I dreamed about being Rocky Balboa. Like that was I was determined to one day become a fucking champion. But now like I have all these dreams, like after that was done, like of being a rock star. And believe me, I tried. Like I did everything I could to learn to sing and And I just I suck. So I realized I told my daughter the other day, okay, whatever. I'm just gonna come back as a rock star. And that's that. And she's like, We better start practicing now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And and uh, not to necessarily make this a a a debate, but so nobody ever says, I want to come back as a slug, but yet we still have tons of slugs. So
1: And I believe that probably was I, I'm sure I How you reconcile slow.
3: having a choice of what we come back to with the, with the fact that, cause everybody wants to be a rock star.
1: Right. But see, I think that I have evolved far enough. Okay. Like say for example, like I wanted to die after my son died and, and after a lot of like um, self-realization, like I realized I wanted to feel that pain because it is the worst pain that a human could possibly feel, right? Like the, the death mm-hmm. of Jesus, He God gave his only son, right? So the reason that story is so profound is because there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. And so I had to experience that to know what my true purpose in life was. And it wasn't to kick someone's ass. It was to you. That was just the vehicle to take me to my true purpose was to help others. And now that's all I do, right? Is I help the homeless. I help the mentally ill, the the forgotten of our society. And, but I, I wouldn't be able to do that unless I experienced the death of my own son who was homeless Mm -hmm. and mentally ill. Right. Um, and so I've learned and evolved. So I feel like when I come back. It's going to be even greater. I was already a slug long ago, Devin.
3: <laughs> I paid my I paid my slug dues.
1: I paid my dues. I was a slug. Um, OK, so here's my next question for you. Um, and we might not have time for the full answer but we'll get it when we get back from the break but so how the hell and why did you choose to do a podcast on death
3: well I I think it shows me Um, I'm just the type of person that was I'm fascinated with with the the meaning of life and purpose and I I was born I think in an existential crisis So, so when you know, when Here you're, when were you're, you're born. born, I was born in Idaho, in 1975.
1: No, oh, in 75. Okay.
3: In 75. Yeah. And so instead of like coming out of the womb saying, wah, I came out saying, why? <laughs>
1: <So> why? <I'm,
2: laughs>
3: what is the meaning of all of this?
1: Yeah. So I, 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 I um, did too. And but it's just, you let's... know, when
3: boy, we've been doing this since 2015 and, and it was just kind of a simple thing where someone, you know, I did video production and um, my sound mixer and I became fairly good friends. And um, another friend had asked like, if you had a podcast, what would it be on? And I'm like, Ooh, what, what is interesting? And what am I an expert in? And I'm um, by no means am I an expert, but I was like, yeah, I would do a podcast on, finding the meaning of life through the lens of death. And so right. it kind of, it's really started off as a, as a lark. It started off as just something that um, we did in our spare time for, for fun, believe it or not. Yeah. And then it has, the breadcrumbs that I have since followed have led me to a place that I would have not in a million years have even imagined that I would go
1: all right and let's save that for after the break we'll be right back
4: okay so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist dr lawrence rifkin in beverly hills because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are especially having boxed for over 20 years Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural, you can keep it a secret. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with his experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers along with him also being a professional sculptor has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex please don't wait and visit dr Lawrence or call 310-273-0200
0: We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever. By visiting her at her website, MiaSt.JohnFoundation.org, and making a donation, you help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit MiaSt.JohnFoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in
1: the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can
0: knock out stigma once and for all. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Mia St. John blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring.
1: And you're back in the ring with death, Mr. D.S. Moss. Hey, Devin. Okay. Hi. So you were saying why you created a podcast on death, which I find very fascinating. And I, I, by the way, I just, I love every episode. Like, it, I, I think you do an amazing job.
3: Thank you. Thank you. And, and um, I, I guess it's just to, to paint a picture of it, there's a, a natural, and I totally understand why. There's a, I think, a natural reaction when people hear that I do a podcast on death, and and they they think that it's macabre, or morose, right. or depressing. But you know, well, I it's think
1: like it's, it's a bad I word. Mean,
3: it, yeah, exactly. It, and you know, not to, to let the secret out, but this show is really about life. It's about, about living life um, to, to your fullest and using this idea of impermanence as a way to um, meaning make. Uh, in your life. But I mean, we have, there, there are some, you know, obviously there's some very sad shows. One of my famous, favorite reviews of the show is, is you will laugh more than you will cry, but you'll definitely mm-hmm. cry.
1: Yeah. Well, no, you do laugh. Um, yeah, you do both. But I find that there's a lot of humor in your show, a lot, which people would think that's crazy, but you're actually a very funny guy. Um and I think a lot okay. of your segments are, are pretty funny. Um, but, you know, just in talking to like at the Monroe Institute and uh, when we were in New York, I, I kind of got the feeling that like our views did not really align, which is okay. Um, especially, <laughs> I think, at the Monroe Institute. But I think we can both agree that neither one of us died, did we? We were no, supposed to experience no, I- death. I know for yeah. me, I, um, I, I didn't get
4: there.
3: Um, I, and I welcome and love difference of opinion. So, so yeah, we have a we have a dis, differing opinions, but I think that's what makes life rich. But to, 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 to go back to the Monroe Institute, it was <laughs> I enjoyed my experience there. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the facilitators. Um. And just for context for your, for your guests, what we would do is we would go through a sequence of guided meditations that would progressively take us deeper and deeper into this near-death experience state. And for me personally, I, were, I did have some great meditations. I never went anywhere outside of um, some, some deep meditation. So for some people, it was profound. For me, it was a bit underwhelming.
1: Right. I mean, I personally, I loved it. And I, I mean, because of what you said, the deep meditation, like I love meditating. And I really feel like I had some great meditations. Now, did I die? Um, No. Um, But I did learn that obviously, and this is probably, probably because of my son, but I have no fear of death whatsoever. Um, because I do really believe that I'm going to come back and probably, Devin, I'm probably going to live this fucking life all over again because I feel like I've been living as Mia St. John a million times, like trying to... Did you, you ever see Groundhog Day? Oh, yeah. With Bill it's Murray? Act- actually... Th- it- Go ahead.
3: That, that is... That show, it's actually a secret... Uh, but. Buddhist Hindu version of karma, so that actually, that if you rewatch that show looking through the lens of what is karma, that show does an amazing job. That movie is such a great example of karma in yeah. sort of the, the in the more the Hindu Buddhist tradition.
1: Yeah, because and I feel like so. Tell me what you think of this. I honestly feel like I have lived this life over and over and fucking over again, because I keep trying to save my son in every episode of this life. You know, like how Bill Murray, for those of you who haven't seen it, Bill Murray's trying, he keeps trying to save this homeless person and he just can't like, and so he just eventually comes to accept him as he is and loves him no matter what. And which is what I try to do now, because that's what I, I, I did when my son was loved, I just kept trying to save him. And, and I just kept failing. And so finally, like now I just, that's how I deal with my homeless people is I just love them for who they are. And I guess that was the lesson, but I feel like I'm going to come back and I'm going to live this life all over again, trying to change the outcome. That's my belief.
3: Yeah. My belief is my take is a little bit different in that what do well, you maybe think? just a different what way do of you looking think at
1: it happens when we die i
3: don't i don't think anything happens i don't think anything happens so'm I'm, I'm a um, i'm a humanist which means um, I don't believe in the supernatural uh, that um, reason scientific method a- along with morality and, and ethics i think that is is the important thing to focus on. And and I'm not saying that, um, that there's not anything I'm, but I, I think for me personally, it's, it's, it's more beneficial for the way that I walk through life to, to be as present as possible and how I can affect imagined or not. We have some, this world is fucked up in a lot of ways and how can I impact that, on a minute-by-minute, day-by-day, week-by-week basis. And so it doesn't concern me because we don't, we don't know. And I think our capacity to even begin to know is, is so so small that it, it saves me a lot of, you know, I guess, mental energy. We don't know. I don't even really get that interested in, in debating. You know, like some humanists, you know, or some atheists, love just to debate about how um, we have to we have to put all our eggs in the science basket, and there's no evidence, um, no empirical evidence that anything exists, and there never has been, and sort of these belief system actually can cause, at least on a political level, more, more suffering than it helps to alleviate. I don't really care to get in those arguments because, um, I think faith and, and belief systems can certainly, um, help people and help people sort of go through life because it is, you know, I do lean more Buddhist. It, It is struggle is a, is a part of our contract. In this, again, imagined or not, it's it's what we're experiencing. So,
1: right. um, So you so that's, you that's, think that, that the- consciousness dies with the brain? I mean, you think that consciousness can be killed?
3: Yeah. Oh, yes.
1: And it dies with the brain. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about people who have died, but they're still? aware.
3: Well, I mean, that's interesting, right? Because one, we don't...
1: Where they show no brain activity, but yet they can describe exactly what was happening in the room when they were clinically dead.
3: Yeah, so the, I think one of the, the studies that you are referencing was, you know, it's a, almost a 25-year-old study, and there is brain science is a relatively new science. We're talking like 50 to 60 years old. And so just the, our, it's so trippy. I feel like such a stoner when I talk about it, because like the brain is studying itself, which is, which is like a trippy thing anyway, or like the brain is studying consciousness, whether it be sort of centralized. And I, and I do believe consciousness necessarily isn't localized within our skull, right? I think we can, we're embodied, we're embodied beating. So, so consciousness can actually, um, you know, also live on our toes as well but I, but I, but I think if you there's a Dr. Harnia, who's a resuscitation doctor and one of the leading resuscitation doctors is is having incredible findings about like what happens in those those moments right those moments of whether it be cardiac arrest or respiratory arrest Mm-hmm uh-huh and, and, and brain, and brain activity. And so when we, cause it's, it's, a, it's almost an impossible science to, to really get a grip on cause we don't have insight into someone's dying process, right? We don't have, we right. can't see inside the house. So, but we're we're, get, we're getting better because I think we, Dr. Parnia, you can, you, I, mean, I believe he's here in New York, keep people al- alive again, sort of, I'm air quoting clinically alive longer uh-huh. and there's, there's more and more discoveries. So, so yes, to, to what you're saying, I think those, those things absolutely happen. How we explain it, we're not quite sure. I think there are, and and this is right. This is maybe, maybe it is a supernatural from, from phenomenon, but I, but I think just from a scientific perspective, it's like, we can't, we can't say, yeah, that's it, and not explore other things. I think the more that we right. want things to be true, the more the more we actually have to explore. So I'm all about curiosity and exploration and 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 try, for, again, personally, to keep as open mind as, as possible. But we can't just say, yeah, we can't explain it by science, so then it's got to be this, which is a narrative right. that is equally... Um, you know, calcified and concrete. So um, how do we explain it? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think there is fantastic science is happening around that. And maybe there is, maybe there is something.
1: Yeah. And I think it is important to explore, you know, because I, I, my biggest fear as a kid was that I would go on and on and that I would not cease to exist. And I didn't want to go on and on you know, I was already like tormented (laughs) in this life and I felt like if I have to come back into this shit again, like fuck that, (laughs) you know? And, but the more I explored, the more I realized like, it's okay. Like there's nothing to be afraid of to go on and on and keep learning. Um, so I started to abandon that cease to exist. Um, the more that I explored and, and I'm still fearful like of coming back and, and just doing all of this again, because you know, there's painful things in everyone's life that we just don't want to go through again. But um, I love your podcast. Tell everybody how they can hear it.
3: Yeah. So you can find it on any of your favorite podcasters uh, or go to, www.remembertodie.com. Uh, and it is called The Adventures of Memento Mori.
1: And it is hilarious. I mean, and it's informational too. I mean, I just absolutely love it. And uh, go ahead.
3: No, I was just going to say, I am so fortunate to have amazing guests that, that are so smart
1: and so give such smart. a great perspective. You do um, have really good I, guests.
3: Thank you. I love being the dumbest person in the room and just asking questions. Uh,
1: No, I never find you to be the dumbest person. I I find you to be very quite intelligent and um, articulate and uh, as well as your guests. So, so you guys Um, have to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope you, will you come on again and we'll have another, another debate
3: I will come on any time that you ask. This, is, this has been a pleasure.
1: Okay. And how are you doing? One more thing. How are you doing in New York? Are you staying safe?
3: Good. Staying safe. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because at the end of my street is Brooklyn Hospital. And, um, you know, we just, at least from the news, we, we know the, uh, you know, all of the, crisis that they're dealing with on a daily basis right. on the front lines. And right. um, it just, it feels weird to be a hundred yards away protected in, in four, four walls. I, I have complete recognition of how fortunate I am and the privilege that I have to be supplied and, and not have to um, deal with a, a lot of things that other people have to deal with. So I, I, yeah. I feel fortunate and
1: yeah, in these times. Well, stay, stay safe and, um, hope to see you again soon, and I'll definitely Likewise. be tuning into you. your podcast. Thank you, Devin. I'll talk later. And now Thank let's you. let's go to our break, and we'll be right back. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out
0: stigma once and for all. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. Okay, so let me talk to
4: you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills, because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural, you can keep it a secret... Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers along with him also being a professional sculptor has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200.
0: You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Mia St. John blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring.
1: Welcome. You're back in the ring. I'm your host, Mia St. John, and right now we have in the ring, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin. Dr. Rifkin, hello.
2: Hello, good morning. I hope you can hear me all right, Mia.
1: I can hear you great. How are you this morning?
2: I am doing quite well. I'm doing quite well. I I seem to be adapting to the new normal or the new abnormal. Yeah, uh, it's
1: a crazy normal. Yeah,
2: so... Wait till we have to go
1: wait till we have to go back to the original No, It's, going
2: to, exciting. it's going to be exciting. It's going to be our evolution. Yes. We always want to keep pushing uh, pushing forward and, and never giving up note. Don't look back. Just never lose the lesson of uh, any uh, mistakes as uh, we might have made in the past. I remember the the saying from Dizzy Gillespie, there are no mistakes, only results. So if we take that positive attitude, we're going to push forward. And, and um, that's, that's good. my belief right now. And that's waiting an to keep my, my energy and my spirit up. And by the way, I just I'm want kinda... to say that you will always be.
1: Go ahead. What was that?
2: Guys, yeah, say you will always be a rock star. I was listening to your, your past oh. guest. Excellent topic. Excellent, excellent topic. We need to know about, the, our concerns about death and and our fears and and our our spirit about what uh, we can learn from it uh, because right. i think that's a, it's a great topic that we have light shed upon it to to get past our fear it. of it and get yeah. and have greater understanding
1: yeah because i think that once you accept that dying is a part of life i think then you can actually start really living You know, living without the fear. I totally agree. Fear fear stops us from doing so many things.
2: It also motivates us to do other things, like not waste time. I don't know the answer to what happens after death, but I know what the living feel when they lose, when we lose someone that we love and cherish. The most important things come to the surface of what's important in life, and our priorities seem to change so i would say don't waste time ignoring and, those that are that you love the most and that which is most important to you so don't get caught up in the petty and mundane things of life don't waste a minute whether we have one right. life or infinite lives ahead of us you know
1: and i think it's, that it's, even if like you accept that We come back and we live this life again. I think that we're supposed to, even in this life, when we lose someone, we are supposed to feel grief. We're supposed to feel sadness and devastation. Like, that is a part of life. Otherwise, we wouldn't Mm -hmm. see it in in movies that we love, like Gone with the Wind, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Schindler's List. Like, we are supposed Mm -hmm. to experience these tragedies and and feel it feel the pain feel the pain of falling in love and getting your heart broken like Mm -hmm. as much as we hate that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you're supposed to feel all of these feelings um, and not wish them away you know, because it's right. kind of like the saying, you'll never know the sweet without the sour. How will you know if you say, oh, I never want to fall in love because I don't want to get my heart broken. Then you'll never mm-hmm. know the great joy in, of being in love. Right.
2: Right. Well, it's all about context. Is it not? I mean, without pain, you can't feel joy. Um, you can't see black unless there's a white background. You have to have the opposite to put it in perspective to really see right. and really feel that aspect of life. So without pain, it's hard to appreciate love and the lack of pain and the presence of joy. So it's about context. And, and so death gives us, in my mind, the context for living, for life. So okay. my message is love tomorrow. Don't waste a minute. 'Cause it's a it's a blessing to be even in this world, in this life right now.
1: Right. Live in the moment. And yeah, mm-hmm. on that note, I'm gonna I'm kinda getting used <laughs> sleeping in and working from my couch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could change, like I don't know if they told me tomorrow, okay, we're back to normal, get up and get dressed and I don't know. I don't know. What's our yeah. update? What is going on right now? All here? right,
2: let's, let's get on to another subject. But that was a great subject. Thank you for, for bringing that up to everyone. Um, well, you know, in the world of, of, of dentistry and health in general, um, you know, we seem to be flattening the curve. There, there is light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. The continued messages and putting things in context is that live a healthier lifestyle. Start to take better care of yourself mentally, physically, nutritionally, uh, exercise, sleep, and in my world of of being somewhat of a a specialist in dentistry in the mouth, you know, oral hygiene is still there. Uh, It it never will go away. It was before this coronavirus and it always will be. And uh, my emphasis, as I've been doing online, on my social media, and on your show, is to follow that protocol to keep your mouth and throat and the lungs as clean as possible with proper oral hygiene including mouthwashes, et cetera. But interestingly enough now when patients are wanting to come into the office, since we are now doing what we call teledentistry or telemedicine, virtual consultations, patients now, uh, the public has the ability to communicate with our offices online. Um, and want to book appointments, and, and uh, which is great. They're uh, like you and me; they can't wait to get their teeth cleaned as a starting right. point. Even if they had a treatment, they were just about to start and want to start that as well. And the funny thing is, is that you know my concern and all of our concern in, in the profession is to be as sanit- make an environment that's so safe and comfortable for the patients that reduces anxiety. And, and you know, in dentistry, we always have. Uh, I think we have a fantastic record on on eliminating and preventing cross-contamination with our sterilization uh, techniques and protocols, protecting our patients, protecting ourselves from any cross-contamination. You know, HIV, uh, Ebola virus, SARS viruses, there's there's no record of cross-contamination that I can think of in dentistry where patients have come down and identified they they received a disease in our offices simply because of what we do with our standards in dentistry uh, to make sure that our treatment rooms are always sterilized, clean, and, and uh, safe for the patients. And uh, patients can't wait. I'm getting lots of calls. They can't wait to get their teeth cleaned. So they want to come yeah. in as soon as possible. I think you uh, you shared that as well on your, yeah, uh, yeah. your last talk. So, yeah. I can't
1: wait to come in uh, and get my teeth cleaned.
2: Um, I know, well- I know, which is which is great because it's necessary. So we will return, but we are... We are enhancing the environment in our dental offices, especially in, in my office. I'm utilizing this, this time as a, as a as sort of a, a rebirth and a restart for my practice, both for me and how I'm going to practice and have as much joy as, as I'd like to have and doing what I'd love to do. And uh, we're remodeling the office to create greater comfort, greater safety, better materials, uh, better... Uh, timing of our appointments and helping the patients feel as comfortable as they can they could feel here. Right. And in the meantime, they can start appointments, uh, even though we don't have a hard date, they can call online and call their dentist and they can call my office. Uh, my patients can call my office for either uh, virtual consultations or just setting up the appointments as well. And, and I, us, I'm spending as, as us many the number, other dentists... Uh, oh,
1: I'm give us, us the that. number real quick. Give us the number real quick and then we have to take a break and we're going to come back and talk about my favorite subject, uh, boxing.
2: Go ahead. Oh yeah, I I tend to... uh, My phone number is 310-273-0200 or they can make uh, appointments online on my Facebook, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin uh, or on my Instagram, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin DDS.
1: And we will be right back after this message.
4: Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills, because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural, you can keep it a secret... Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs, from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200.
0: We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today. And help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most.
1: In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock
0: out stigma once and for all. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Mia St. John blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring.
1: Good morning. You're in the ring with Mia, and I'm your host, Mia St. John, and you are in the ring with Dr. Lawrence Rifkin. Dr. Rifkin, Hello
2: again.
1: Yes. I want to ask you about my one of my favorite topics, boxing and
4: mouthpieces.
1: And so, you know, right. I, I'm still sparring in the gym um, privately. So, you know, we don't have a crowd of people. Um, mm-hmm. But I've been kind of concerned about my mouthpiece and how to sanitize that between sparring mm-hmm. sessions and what can I do to make it safer?
2: Well, it's, it, it's not difficult at all. It's just uh, take your mouthpiece uh, and this would be true of any even dental appliance or retainer or mouth guard of any sort to just uh, brush it with your toothbrush and rinse it with an antimicrobial mouthwash like we would our mouth and our what we gargle with and either soak it in there for 30 seconds to a minute and you will be just fine. But make sure it's clean. First, brush it out. Any debris, saliva, mucus that may will develop inside your mouth, of course. Just make sure it's a clean. You know, run under it for fairly hot water and brush it out and then use a, an antimicrobial mouth rinse. That's really, really uh, important. And then, you know, store it away in a container that's also clean. Don't put it back in a dirty container. You know. Oh, a, that's a, a good case point. Because
1: how many times do we clean our case?
2: Yeah, exactly. You got to clean the case and clean the mouth guard before you put it back in there, right?
1: And what do we do? So what do we just in a do in between? In bag,
2: you know, exactly.
1: Like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean I think a lot of fighters aren't really thinking about that. Yeah, we just kind of rinse it out and toss it back into our case. But yeah, that's that's a good point. And how do we how do we make sure that we stay as clean as possible in the ring like in between rounds? With our
2: mouth uh, your mouthpiece or you yourself?
1: Well, both. Mouthpiece well, and, you know, that in really
2: between brings rounds. Up a, a bigger topic, and, and you're right, when it's uh, related to boxing, you know, and you have kind of worked your corner uh, once or twice, and that was a joy for me, thank you. But I can see, you know, you, you are drinking water uh, between rounds, you are obviously perspiring, uh, you're, you're sharing sweat, you know, between your opponent. And it's difficult this is a new challenge for uh, for boxing and athletics in general how do we keep the uh, athletes the boxers safe uh, during uh, a sporting event Uh, any contact anything that's let's say tennis you're you're much further apart there's a lot of social distancing with tennis but when you have a contact sport like boxing UFC football even Uh basketball there's constant contact between uh, players and, and opponents so you know the safety measures for testing before events uh, is going to be critical, and uh, you know as you breathe, as you have to breathe in sports, you are going to be sharing breath and saliva and and even blood at times. So this is a this is a bigger concern if you truly want to be safe in sports and uh, even sporting events right now, I hear at least for the end of this season, uh, I heard Mark Cuban talk, who's the owner of the uh, Dallas Mavericks, you know, predicting potentially that if they restart the season, there, it will be not in stadiums, it will be on television because everybody wants to watch sports. Right. So that's, a, that's a bit of a new, new world, yeah, right? a lot
1: of sports have been postponed. But it seems like like almost... Everything like, are we not even supposed to be in contact like with each other? Or what if you have a significant other? What if uh, you're married? Like, we cannot touch our
2: spouse, or how is all that? Well, yeah. yeah, of course you don't want it. You want to have kids. You have family. You have friends. Uh, you know, I need to. Uh, I can't deal with my family like I can in a dental office or a medical office, obviously we one day we'll have vaccines and we will have cures and, and we will be able to have contact again, the sooner the better. I hope this is, this is the, the longer term uh, change in the world back to near normalcy, although I think it's changed forever. But of course, you know, if you get tested, we're, we're all negative on the coronavirus and anything else we can't share anything else. Um, uh, and, of course, you can be intimate and affectionate and, and contact your loved ones. That, that, that will come back. It's, it seems very obtuse right now but, uh, and bizarre, but that, that will come back. So we're not
1: supposed to back. be doing that now. I know, yeah, it, it will come back eventually. But for right now, are we not even supposed to be close with our loved ones?
2: you know that because of the extreme contagious potential of this particular coronavirus there have been others but this one's particularly contagious especially through uh, body uh, moisture uh, sneezing coughing even saliva again kissing is is risky unless you both have tested negative and you don't go out and risk then it, it is a concern that you could transmit it to family members and it, it has happened. It is already evident that it has happened. So when people are staying home with their family, not going out, they're still sharing this disease. Sometimes,
1: yeah. Um.
2: So you have to be careful at this particular moment. It's it sucks. I know, but uh, right. Uh, because yes, I, be I was even I was even
1: I spent Easter with my mother in law, um, or ex mother in law, mm-hmm. and my daughter, mm-hmm. and even I was like concerned, like, well, do I hug her and um. You know, I I bought meals that were already prepared, so we could just put them in the microwave, and I wouldn't have to touch anything or mm-hmm. cook anything. Um, right. But yeah, to think that I had to be even careful with um, my daughter's grandmother was was scary. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it it hurts a little bit, doesn't it? Because we're so used to being affectionate and expressing our love both verbally and more likely physically, hugging. Uh, kissing, holding hands. It's, it's, it's a no, no right now. Please let's have a cure. Please let's have a vaccine as soon as possible. So what are some human beings?
1: What are some tips that you would have uh, for say someone like me going over to um, my ex mother-in-law's house? Like what are some safety tips that um, I could use? Uh, Obviously, if you're going to... We're visiting our loved ones, you know, what do you do? Yeah.
2: um, Sadly, because I believe uh, your Nana is in an older, higher risk um, level... Uh, you have to be more careful. But you can visit, keep the social distance, uh, make sure that you are healthy and that you're not taking risks to contaminate yourself. Wash I mean,
1: your hands bringing before food out, you go
2: in. Yeah, wash your sanitize. hands. Wipe, wipe down with an antimicrobial mouth. Uh, not mouthwash, mouthwash, but uh, a little we wipe your food if you bring it over to her. Yeah, that, that's that's for everybody. But when it, when you're going to visit as you ask me that question, you know, wipe down everything that you're going to deliver to her for food like you would for yourself. Uh, just keep a little bit of a distance, wash your hands, and just keep telling your, her that you love her, and in a couple of months you'll be able to hug and kiss her. Um, just hang in there. Just keep constant contact and reinforcement of love. Um, just but keep that physical, social distance. Wear the mask. Uh, if you're not wearing gloves, wash your wash your hands or using sanitizer, of course. And all the right. same for your nana.
1: Well, thanks so much for being on the show again, and we'll see you next week with you. another update.
0: Okay.
1: And all right. For more information, you can reach uh, Doctor Rifkin at drlawrencerifkin We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to In the Ring with Mia. Be sure to join host Mia St. John for the next show on Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, you are one of the most important people in the world.